Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I disappeared. I even questioned, would I be back here? Would I come back to occupy this space? And the answer was really bad. It was no for like a while. Like, I don't know. I don't even know when's the last time I posted an episode. Let me check. But I have been going through it. Like, when I say I've been going through it, I mean, I've been going through it. I... I'm going to tell you, because, like, at first, when it first happened, I, like, tried to record a podcast episode, and I literally couldn't. I was so distraught. I, like, couldn't do it without bursting into tears. Like, I was so upset, um, and I just couldn't even podcast. I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Uh, and the ultimate, what I was, I'm not, not knowing what I was going to be able to deal with was I'm no longer talking to my mom right now. Like, I'm going no contact. There will be no relationship. I have not posted since March 29th. Okay, January, February, March, April, May, June. Okay, three months. Like, yeah, I went off the map. And it, what it really stemmed from was um, when I went back home, I'm going to try to be light with the details. I don't know if any of my family listens. And I I just don't want to start none, won't be none. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just err on the side of caution. So I'm going to give as much detail as I can. I'm mostly speaking to myself because like, I, I can't even deal. But before I jump into that today... I'll probably be talking about what I'm going through on my personal tip, like my personal life. And also it is more about adulting. I think I've ushered into this new stage of adulting. Like I transitioned from this one space to this new space, which I want to kind of talk about. I'll probably also be talking about Santana, Saucy Santana, and his comments about Blue Ivy. And we'll see whatever, wherever else the wind takes me. And I probably won't be talking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp only to say that, um... I'm not team Johnny Depp, like, yeah, no, can't catch a came for a man, and I just thought it was also weird to see people's response to this, like, ultimately, and why I just chose not to speak on it, there's, ultimately, there's two victims of abuse here, like, either he was abused, or whoever you believe, someone was abused, and, like, I just don't like to participate in talking about abuse, but I also don't think Amber Heard was a per- perfect victim, which is hard for some people to conceptualize. Like, even if she might have fucked up just a little bit, she deserves what she got. I don't believe in that. So that's my take on that. So no, I think I'll, I, I know I'll be talking about Saucy Santana because I was rooting for Saucy Santana. I was rooting for him and he just shit the, f- he shit the bed. Okay. So anyways, personally, yeah. So it all started, um, during Christmas break, when I went home back to Portland and my mom was like, you should go see your aunt across the street. And I was basically like, I literally said, girl, you don't dictate my time or what I do. Like, if I don't want to go, I don't want to go. I don't want to get to my new show of why I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go. And ultimately, that's enough that I didn't want to go. Like, once again, I stand by what I said. You don't dictate my time or what I do. Like, leave me alone. So while I'm there and I say that, I got really emotional because it's hard for me to stand up to my mom. Like, I don't want to tell my mom no. And so I got emotional doing that. And so then I went to my room and she I heard her talking on the phone about me to her friend like I heard her talking about me which is not a new occasion like she does talk about me and I don't think that that's necessarily healthy to gossip about your child um and she talked about me and I just got so irritated so I was like okay I'm just like when I leave home it's it like I'm just not really gonna talk to you for a while because I just don't like how this is going down I don't think that's appropriate to talk about your child when they can hear you like all of this stuff and ultimately I'm an adult right and at this point I'm a super adult I pay my own bills I pay my like you know I mean like I take care of myself so whatever and so I hadn't really talked to her for a while it what's the catalyst for this (laughs) like what's the catalyst for this is she recently cut off my yesterday she cut off my phone like just didn't tell me and cut off my phone 
and I thought I was gonna have such a good day yesterday and then I'm driving and I like look and I'm like it's saying extended I'm like what does that mean and I had no data I was like oh my gosh she called my phone I knew exactly what that moment was and when I tell you the backstory you'll understand why I knew this was coming next and she like cut my phone off and I was like okay so I, yesterday I just spent the whole day trying to deal with getting my phone back on like I tried to a port over my number but they had already given my number away so I couldn't port over my number so I had to get a whole new number and that was really frustrating because I had so much, I had like work shit tied to my phone number. I have all these things tied to my phone number and I had to like, just totally like readjust, like, and give my number to like, start getting my number out, changing all my accounts and stuff. And like had to text everybody like, Oh, Hey, I got a new number out of nowhere. And it's like, girl, what happened? Like I got a new number. It's cause my mom cut my fucking phone off and didn't tell me. Um, and I was just like, so upset. I was like, I, at least some warning like you could have at least warned me that you were going to do it and I would have handled it but she didn't tell me anything so I had to get a whole new phone number and I was this is irritating but I was at the AT&T getting my phone and I'm telling my coworker because I'm in the middle of a meeting like this is in the middle of my work day that I have to deal with this and I'm telling my coworker like oh yeah I had a family emergency like my mom cut my phone off so I had to like go get a new phone number and she was like obviously didn't know what to say and then as I'm leaving the AT&T store the Andy the guy helped me get my phone goes I hope things will get better and I'm like I felt like rude did when Cassie was like, it's just one day at a time. Like really bitch. Like I don't need that right now. Like I'm clearly going through it. I'm in here frazzled in the middle of work trying to get this phone. Don't, I hope things will get better. Me please. Even though I do appreciate the kindness and the positivity that he was exuding, I was rejecting because I wasn't in the mood to take it. Like, no, my day is fucking bad. My phone just got cut off and I have to get a whole new phone number. And I had to even like email and call customer service. Like, Hey, can you change my number to this account? like hella frantic because like some shit is tied to like my financials and shit I'm like that's the bag I'm not trying to fumble so that was the catalyst to all of this so basically I hadn't talked to my mom since January so it is it's May it's like the beginning of May close to Mother's Day and um the only time I, I she had really talked to me was like I need to pay my phone bill so I sent her money for my phone bill um but so then she called me so basically backstory this is backstory my grandfather passed away last June but when he passed away he didn't pass away with a will and it's very stereotypical like they're not stereotypical because I, I don't know at least in my experience black people in my family they don't be leaving papers behind or like wills behind to say like this is who this goes to and so um he left he didn't leave a will behind but my mom had a, a will sign like the will was signed right and I signed the will as a witness, but she never got it notarized. And I had called around and I was like trying to find a traveling notary because my grandpa was sick in the hospital and we thought he was going to pass away. Like I had called around and was like, um, does anyone come to the hospital to like notarize stuff? They're like, yeah. And also my friend told me they were like, yeah, the notaries are all around the hospital, which makes sense. Like people are on their deathbeds. Yeah, you need to get stuff notarized. Um, and my mom, like I kept, I, I kind of kept mentioning to her like, hey, what are you going to do about this? And she just said, Leah, stop talking about it. So I said, okay, bet. I'm going to start talking about it. It's not my business. It's not my dad. It, it's nothing I can do. So she calls me. Um, and also, too, what's crazy is my grandpa has been, like, I, sorry, this might be a little disconjointed, but my grandpa has been, like, habitually sick for 10 years. Like, he's been in and out of the hospital. So, like, you know something's going to happen sooner or later. Like, we used to joke about it and call him, like, a cat because he used to have nine lives. Like, every time we thought he was going to die, he would just pop back up. And, like, but this nigga was not living right. Like, he was doing his own dialysis. What? 
Like, even to this day, I'm shocked that he was doing his own dialysis in his house and he wasn't even doing it right. Like, it was a mess. Like, it was a mess. And he had had heart attacks and he had still lived to tell the tale. Hot mess. And the will had just left, un- like, it left unnotarized for a year. But my mom told me to stop talking about it, so I said, okay, bet. I'm not going to talk about it. So I'm having a brain fart. Because I'm like, I'm trying to think about what my family is going to listen to this and they're probably going to go back and tell my mom. I'm like, I cannot deal. I cannot deal. Like, that's the shit that I had to worry about. Like, always on my toes, always looking out to see who's going to talk about me, who's going to say what, dotting my, my, my keys and my P's and my I's. Um, I'm not emotional, but it's just like a lot. Cause I'm like, I'm so used to mincing how I say things because I'm just afraid of what everybody will say or how they react, but it's not true to how I'm feeling. And that just leaves me feeling like some type of way. So she calls me and she's like, Hey Leah, like I need you to, and we hadn't really talked, keep in mind since January, like really, she goes, Hey, and I sent her a mother's day text and it was dry as fuck, but she's like, thank you for the mother's day text. It was so sweet. And I was like, no, it wasn't. It was a dry as mother's day text. And then she goes, Leah, like I need you. At first she's like, Oh, I need you to sign this affidavit saying that um you know your grandpa signed the will and I'm like okay bet I know he signed the will okay bet then she comes back a couple days later she's like oh hey Leah like I need you to say that you snuck into the hospital and you saw your grandpa sign the will before he died Mm. and my 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 response I was like being so dry and like so like I don't know about this like you know a parent would be like damn like am I putting my kid in an uncomfortable situation and um Oh God, I don't know. I'm like just thinking about like what she gonna say, but I I don't care because this is my story. This is my truth, and I'm like I'm just tired of like putting my feelings aside, even though like I'm hella hurt and my feelings are hurt. And so and I'm so then I like I just say like okay yeah sure whatever whatever I'll think about it. Um, and so then I'm like going about my day something like maybe the next day my grandma my mom's mom gives me a call and she asks me like Lee are you gonna do it and I say to her like I don't know like I lying on an affidavit like I could go to jail I could um have on my record like I could be given a fine I'm like that just doesn't sound good to me um and my grandma which I know that's what she was calling for she went back and told my mom what I said so then my mom sent me this text and the text she's like Leah I know that you're I'm gonna paraphrase I don't really feel like reading it I know you're an accomplished woman and you work so hard and as your mother I would never put you in that position and the next sentence no transition no transition then if maybe but nothing of that none of that she goes um she goes sorry I'm having brain fart she goes I've lied for you on all your school applications your scholarship applications sometimes you just have to do what you have to do and I'm thinking to myself that's just not logically the same thing making sure that your child has a good education versus asking them to lie on affidavit and fuck up their life that's not the same thing then she told me like Fred wouldn't want his house sold for pennies on the dollars all this stuff your family has loved and supported you and like all these things and it just like I was like this is not it's like a, it was a very manipulative text like this is not the text you send to someone that's your that's your loved one that's your kid and my I I was thank god I was with some friends when I got that text because when I got that text oh my uh, oh my god like my heart dropped to my ass like I honestly felt like I wanted to die in that moment like I just wanted to end it so I was like oh my god like I hate feeling like this I hate being put in this position by my mom so I sent her a text back at the next morning and, and my friends like really talked me through it like they they were really like they were really helpful and thank god that they were there but I just responded back like being like I don't feel comfortable doing this like I don't like the position that puts me in um because I'd be lying and then I and then I can't go to a judge and say well my mom guilted me into this and like she like 
has been emotionally abusive. Like, oh my God, I feel bad saying that, but like has been emotionally abusive to me and and she guilted me into doing this and I signed this affidavit. That doesn't fly. Like, I cannot say that. That's not helpful. Um, and oh God, like it's crazy. I'm saying this shit out loud and like on my podcast because I try to really stay away from this shit. But I just, it's, this is like, honestly, like my audio diary, whatever the fuck, whatever. It's like something I, I, and I don't know, like, this just feeds into like this new state. It, it all makes sense. It, it all makes sense when I'm done. So, um, where was I at? Oh God. And basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the text. And then she was saying like, oh, like Fred won his house. My grandfather's Fred won his house sold for pennies on the dollars. And I'm like, if he didn't want his house sold for pennies on the dollars, then he would have done what was necessary and, and put his shit in a will. Like, or you would have got the will notarized, all, all of the above. And I said, you don't hold love and support over someone's head to get them to do something. Because my family is very tit for tat. They do something for you, you need to do something for them. And, or they'll always remind you of the things that they've done for you. And I just don't think that that's how help works. I think that help is a selfless act. You shouldn't, respect any, you shouldn't expect anything or in, anything in return. And that's just not what, how that works. Clearing that text, like, I've done this for you, now you need to do this for me. That's not how that works, sorry. And... Yeah, I sent her that text back and basically I just won't do it. And this, I never really told my mom no. Like that was the first time I really told her no. Because I always tell her, I always try to say yes to her because A, she makes me bad. She makes me feel bad at the fact that I said no, which guilt tripping me. Or she'll blow up and I have to deal with her big blow up and I just rather not. So I always end up saying yes. So, but this time I said no. Like I don't feel comfortable doing this. And I, sh- you shouldn't put me in the position to be asking me to do this or making me feel uncomfortable that I have to say yes to do this. Like no, like, like I just feel like in my the thing that also bothers me is like I I think that I have integrity I would hate to like question my integrity by lying about that and then she sent the text I don't regret anything I've done so she didn't want to take accountability and then she sent me you know she sent me my message back so you know when you're she just copy and pasted and sent my message back to me because I know she's gonna be messy and send it to other people so I was like okay whatever and then you know when you get mad so you send something back a couple but like you send something a couple hours later you say something a couple hours later because you're mad so she's just what she said and this one actually made me laugh she goes Leah I just think it's hypocritical that you're worried about going to jail when you'll smuggle drugs to the U.S. Postal Service talking about shipping weed which I'm just too afraid to be doing something like that so I'm like okay whatever like I can't even engage with this and so like that was just kind of the beginning of like that was just kind of the beginning of this debacle like I it just put me in a position where I was like okay and she then she told me but be she goes but be blessed Leah that's like her last line and I was like okay like I've done everything I can to help nurture this relationship and at this point it's not on me it's not on me to help you fix this problem because it's not my problem like I came 70 years too late this isn't my fault Fred, okay, I don't know if I said this, but my grandfather, oh, maybe this adds so much more context to the story. My grandfather, he had a baby on the side, like a side baby, and, but no one ever knew if that was really his son, um, but so for this, like, when you're in Oregon and someone dies, your house goes into probate, which means, like, all the heirs have to put in, like, their claim to that, the estate to get their portion of the estate, and so he had to get DNA tested to prove that he was the son, and so now she like she doesn't want to give her portion of the house to him which is fine like I mean I totally get that but I'm not like gonna lie to help you keep that sorry um yeah and I just like I don't know like it sounds crazy talking about it it doesn't actually sound crazy to me because I'm like okay um because like I 
I feel like I'm tarnishing my mom's name. But I don't feel like she respects my name. Like, she talks about me to her friends and stuff. And like, my, like, all my family does is kind of gossip. And I don't really like that. And you have to be careful what you say because it's gonna somebody's going to get upset and all of these things. And it's just not being true to myself. And then she cuts off my phone. Um, like, I to, like as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and at first when it happened, I, like, called my dad crying because I was like, God, I don't really want to call her, like, I don't want to have to call her. And he's like, Leah, call her and like, tell her like, you know, it's connected to your work. And so I call her, she doesn't answer. So I text her. I'm like, Hey, can I get the account number and the pen? I need that. So I can port over my number to a new phone. And then by the time I do all that, the number had already been taken because it had been out too long. It had been out in the, the world too long. And I had to change my whole fucking number. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe like, I can't believe it. And even now I'm like trying to rationalize. Well, why? Okay. I didn't pay her the phone bill money yet. Cause I was like, Oh, she's probably just going to request me. Like, I don't know if this is going to trigger her if I send this money. Like we're not really talking right now. Like she did tell me be blessed. So isn't that a goodbye? Right. So I'm like, okay. So she just cuts my phone off. She doesn't tell me. Okay. Bet that's fine. So yeah, I spent the whole day trying to get my phone together, but why I'm proud of myself is because obviously like okay so I'm telling this story like and clearly there's a lot more there I I, I'm just not at the stage yet where I can just like put it all out there because I do feel like um, I do kind of feel bad because I'm like damn like but there's a lot there like historically there's been a lot there like my whole life like I have just felt unemotional emotionally uncared for or like emotionally unseen and then my emotions didn't matter and how I felt didn't really matter and to be honest, if I could just sum it up without really going into too many details, I've always felt like it's my mom's world. I'm just living at it and living in it. And and I'll give you two other antidotes to let you know what the fuck I'm dealing with. So I remember I was like a little kid and I had this little Miley Cyrus diary and I wrote in the diary. Um, I think I, I wish I, I feel like I was born to the wrong family. And I'm a little kid at this point. And instead of my mom asking me, why did I write that? Or Leah, what are you going through that you write that? She got her feelings hurt and didn't talk to me because she was upset that I wrote that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, really? Like, I, and I think my mom is a narcissist. I've come to that conclusion. And obviously, I feel like there's a lot other th- more things to support that than what I'm just saying. But I'm just trying to keep it brief, brief for brevity's sake. So I'm like, the, ultimately, the last thing I don't the last thing I, I want to do is hurt somebody's feelings. So that's why I'm trying to like mince my words. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I'm like, okay, I'm still cognizant. Like, like, yeah, she has feelings and she experiences too. But I always have to remind myself is I'm the kid. You're the parent. And I always have to say that to my, my parents. I'm the kid. You're the parent. Like, I don't, I didn't, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I don't know. So I like, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I lived a thousand lives at 23 because I've like been adulting for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know, like. When, and when she said that, I was like, why are you? And I look back at that moment. And of course, I'm a kid. I don't know what's happening. But I was just like, why aren't you asking me how I'm feeling? It, and it's never how I'm feeling. And I remember we got into it. And I didn't want to get into the story because, like, what the fuck ever. But she said something. Like, we when I moved back for college, we were beefing about boundaries. So I was in therapy talking to my therapist. And low-key, I wouldn't talk to my therapist if my mom was at home because I just wouldn't feel comfortable. Because I was like, I don't need her eavesdropping on what I'm saying. Um, and I just wanted her to knock on my door and she couldn't even knock on my door. And I didn't, I didn't even have to wave her in and be like, come in. I just wanted her to knock on my door and give me that privacy. And she never did. She never did. And that bothered me. I'm like, can you respect my boundaries? What is, what is it with black parents and boundaries? Like, I think that that is a word that they don't want to hear. Like, um, 
I was going to make a comparison, but I need to not. This is not the place. But it's just a word that they don't want to hear. And that was like, I'm like, girl, I'm just asking for you. And then she said, because I just blew up. Because I'm like, you're just. And the thing is, too, like, she would push my buttons and then walk away like nothing happened. Just to push my buttons. I'm like, that's some crazy bitch behavior. Um, But she would. um, She said, Leah, I wouldn't do what I do if you didn't do what you did. And I'm like, that's just. that's illogical that doesn't make any sense you're in control of your own actions and at the same time aren't you looking through the lens of being a parent like how can I help my daughter like how can I speak to my daughter like it just always felt adversarial and like I don't know like and I guess how this 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 is how this all makes sense but I feel like I'm ushering into a new new phase of adulting as opposed to like I know what I want why I want and how I want to be treated and now that's what I'm actively going to be seeking I, I struggle with I struggle with telling people my boundaries because with my mom I can never tell her my boundaries and she would never respect my boundaries. Um, also with my parents like they would just never respect my boundaries, um, and that was really hard for me because I'm like oh if I set my boundaries and someone's not going to be my friend or they're not going to want to be in my life or I, I've lost this person because I've set my boundaries, and I've just gone to that point where it's like if I lose you because I set my boundaries then we, we didn't have no business talking. And the only reason I'm telling you to respect my boundaries is because I care about you. I want you to be in my life. So don't treat me this way so we can continue to have a good relationship. And it's kind of bit me in the ass because what I'll do is I'll just hold on to things until like I just burst and I have so much resentment and that's not helpful. Like this is like the year of me setting boundaries. And of course it's so uncomfortable. Like I'm actually very uncomfortable right now, but I also feel oddly at peace that like I'm not tolerating things that don't make me feel good. People who don't make me feel good and feel valued and special because I am like and treat me like such. And um, it also reminds like your family can be so nasty towards you. And you think because they're blood that you have to be around them, but you don't. You don't have to be around people who don't make you feel good, even if you're your family. And I was just talking to my friend Haley about this. And a lot of how, how that stems for me is, and it's, it's actually very like based in religion. Like if I do this, then God will smite me. If I do this, something bad will happen to me. And that's just actually not the case. I was watching my favorite YouTuber for Harry and she made a really good point. Bad things happen to good people, regular people, normal people all the time. Like life just happens and things happen and they're not tied to you didn't do this. So now this is going to happen to you. Like like this big all world anything is going to happen to you or your life is going to change. It's a course of your decisions, your actions that you make that affect your life. Not this, you know, over being punishing you for not following what your parents said you need to do, what your family said you need to do. And so also like training myself to like understand that. And ultimately like I am responsible for myself now. I have to build my life for myself. I have to pay my own bills. I have to do all of these things. I can't depend, like I'm not dependent on my parents anymore if you don't respect my boundaries, then you just won't be in my life. Like, even if you're family, like I, I'm building the world that I want to see. I'm designing my life the way that I want it to be designed. And I just cannot, I don't have emotional space in my life for people who don't treat me the way that I want to be treated or to be loved the way that I want to be loved because I fully deserve those things. Which I think is like such a big turn for me because I think about like this moment having my mom was actually just a big catalyst for me to be like, wow, like in all these ways I need to address myself, like address my boundaries and or just move on with my life, like, and just continue to build towards what I want to build. You know what I mean? Because before I just felt like I was so, why is this happening to me? What did I do? How can I work within this system that's broken? Like, how can I work within something that's just broken, inherently broken? People don't change. And like Jamila, my 
my first therapist, I feel like that she was fucking clairvoyant, clairvoyant because she would say to me like, Leah, you have to cut your mom off. And I was like, I just couldn't imagine that. Like that would make me a bad daughter. Cause I'm always worried about being a bad daughter. What does that look like? What am I, am I being a good enough daughter? Which I think I'm a pretty kick-ass daughter. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I think I'm a good daughter. Um, and she'd be like, and I'd be like, no, like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's actually like, no, you were right. Like, I need this level of independence. I need this space to figure out the person I'm going to be and not to worry about if my mom is pleased or, or does she like all my decisions or like, how can I help her? Like, even if it's a detriment to my own future, because I'm like, I have to build my life. Like I have to start building my life and becoming the person that I want to be. And because I don't necessarily feel like I have that space, I, I feel very lost. Like if you look at people who talk about having narcissistic mothers, they talk about like having identity crisis, a lot of anxiety, depression, guilt. And I feel like I've, I placed a lot of that on myself just because of my environment. And also I'm always blaming myself. Like, and I think there's a difference between you, you, I can take accountability for when I've done something wrong, which I try and I'm not perfect at it. Duh. I can take accountability for that, but guilting and blaming somebody for your actions or projecting, like, I feel like my mom project a lot onto me or, or blame me for things. And I, I just like, I don't know. And like, part of me is like, oh, I have to come up with examples. Cause she would say to me like, well, what are you talking about? Like, what's your example? All this other stuff. And you don't have to like how you feel is how you feel. This is how I feel. And these, this is how I see things. And she may see things differently and that's okay. But currently this is where I'm at. And also too, on top of that, okay, you cut my number off, so now I have to get a new number, and you won't be able to get in contact with me, and I just, like, yeah, I need a fucking break, like, and I'm saying, it all sounds crazy, I'm saying it's, like, it's no big deal, because to me, it low-key is, like, just the next iteration of, of hot mess family events that come my way, but yeah, that's where I'm at, low-key, I just need to make sure to block on my family, so they won't see me post about this, so then I don't have to hear what they have to say, because, yeah, nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe with them. Like, <laughs> I know that they would fucking run back and tell all this shit anyways. So, yeah, that that's where I've been at in life, I think. But how I'm using this event, um, but how I'm using this is just, like, in therapy. I'm back in therapy, which is, like, honestly, the, the journey to find a therapist was so hard. Like, it was so hard. Like, I don't wish that on anybody. I hope it comes easily and you just find somebody who works for you because finding one is very hard and everyone is busy. Everyone, like some people are not taking appointments. And also like I was looking for a black woman in Austin, Texas. So yeah, finding a therapist is very hard, but I finally found one uh, and I'm going weekly, which I can't wait to tell her about this shit. Like, cause I was really supposed to tell her about how I was going to stand up to this girl at work who crossed my boundaries. Cause let me tell you what she did. So I planned for our Juneteenth, um, I don't know, like, how personal should I be getting? I'll be wanting to spill the tea, but then I'll be worried about, like, oh, damn, what if somebody finds out? Yeah, anyways, she just tried to try me at work, so what I was really about to do is have a conversation about boundaries with her, but she rescheduled that, so now I, I get to tell her about this, but I'm back in therapy, and I really want to use this to just work on creating boundaries for the future and sitting by my boundaries, because I have boundaries. I have things I don't like when people do, but I just have a hard time voicing them because I'm scared of, like, what someone will say and, resp- like, how they'll react once they hear them, so uh, talking about my boundaries, you know, continue, like, to build my self-esteem and my confidence as to who I am as a person and believing in it and not like faltering because that's also I think like my mental health flows with how often I podcast if I'm in a good mood or I'm feeling pretty good I will podcast but if I'm not feeling good or if I don't feel like I'm confident in my voice and like who I am or how I like engage then I can't do it because I'm like oh my god I'm just gonna break the fuck down so like yeah three months ago I kind of recorded this shit 
because I would have broke the fuck down, like, kind of going through it. Um, but it is, also, it is what it is. Like, this is just, like, a card I've been dealt, and I, I'm going to power through because I have to for myself. Like, I, I know what I want for myself. I know what, a life that I want to live. I know what these things that I want. And I also know, like, I want to build and develop and keep healthy friendships and relationships. Because, like, one thing is, like, I didn't see that model to me. I think I speak more about my mom just because my mom is the majority who I spend the time with. I just didn't see that model to me as a kid of, like, how to maintain, how to have healthy conflict. Healthy conflict is not a thing. And I want to work on having healthy conflict, but also voicing my boundaries and my opinions and how I feel. Um, because I, that's how I feel, and I, I don't want to sway in those things. And I want to... I don't know. I, I just want to stand by what I say and mean it and show that. Cause I think like, I think back, cause like my therapist would be like, Leah, you're a people pleaser. And I'd be like, no, I don't really think I am. Cause when it comes with other people who are not my family or like, I don't really care about, I'm not a people pleaser. Cause I don't give a fuck. Like not that I don't care about, but that like, we are not in constant communication. I don't spend a lot of time with you. So like, I could really give a fuck less. It really is with people that I love and I care about that. I care, like care about saying my boundaries. I'm like, Oh, if I tell this person I feel they'll leave me and I love them. I don't want them to leave me which that's clearly a problem, the, um, because if I'm just asking that you respect my boundaries, then that shouldn't matter, you, you should respect them, and we should just move on, right, so yeah, that is what happened, I'm trying to flip it and be positive, like, I'm just trying to be a positive poly about it, um, but it is shitty, and my feelings are hurt, and but I'm also to the point where I ain't got no tears left to cry. So I'm picking it up. I'm picking it. Like, that's really how I feel. Like, if I could literally, if I could put it in a song, I was really about to sing from the beginning, but I stopped myself. If I could sing from the beginning, that is how I feel, is that I have no tears left to cry and that I just have to suck it up. Because, like, I'm doing some kick-ass shit at work, y'all. Like, I am doing the Juneteenth collection. Well, I put that IDRI on that. I did our Pride collection, which I was really excited about that. Like, I'm kicking ass at work. Um... And I have some other ideas for some other things that I want to do. And yeah, I just like, I'm building friends. I'm building, I'm making friends. I'm building a network here in Austin. Like, I don't know. Like, I just have some very positive things that I, like, I'm, I am a a fake religious person. I think that the parables, I like, I like parables. I think they do have like good messages, but I also, I, I do have, like I don't believe in organized religion and I do believe in a higher being so I'm like I'm semi quasi-religious but not like devout but sometimes I do refer to the words of the bible because I do think we we talked about in religion class but scripturalization just applying scripture to your life like you can work some words around to say something uh profound but I just feel really blessed that I after getting my phone cut the fuck off in the middle of the day like that's crazy as fuck and I did cry yesterday out of frustration I was like I just could not believe this was happening and I was gonna have such a good day I was such a cute I felt cute and that shit just went crashing down and I couldn't even leave the house because I needed map directions and at first I had no phone like I I was like I couldn't find my work phone I forgot I had my work phone because it was dead and I was like I had no phone I couldn't call anybody like I I tried to call AT&T I had no way of calling anybody and god bless I had my work phone or else I would have been asked I'd have been SOL because then how would I have gotten to the phone the AT&T phone store I like literally would have to print out some directions or some shit like isn't that fucking crazy so yeah I mean anyways it happened but I just feel blessed that I was able to like go get a phone immediately go get a new number handle that I handled that um so I'm like and I'm able to like 
like I think of my apartment as my safe haven not even kidding like I just kind of love being here because it is my safe haven I've like dreamed about building my own my own spot my own place or like and like that's why painting my apartment was such a big deal because I'm like I can finally make this the place I want it to be my home like whatever so I just feel blessed that like I have my apartment I can pay my own bills I can take care of myself like that just makes me like feel very good about myself and I feel like I, I kind of semi have it together but it's gonna be okay uh, I will be okay I like one day at a time <laughs> basically the same advice as AT&T Andy gave me that it will get better one day at a time um but yeah I just like I, I've been wanting to come back and I was gonna podcast yesterday but then my my phone got cut off so I was not in the mood yesterday but I just like want to share this because this is something I don't, I don't really talk about stuff like this because not that I don't want to see people know that I'm struggling I don't really care about that because I don't have it together like whatever I just feel bad because I feel like my how I view things or my experience might hurt other people's feelings but that's kind of like me overextending my my empathy and my emotional capacity for how it'll affect somebody else without giving true credence to how it made me feel and how it's affecting me and like how I've always felt like I've always felt because I think it's exacerbated because I'm an only child I've just always felt emotionally alone like I have to handle issues my own emotional issues by myself like I just have to figure it out like I've just felt very alone in tackling some of these big battles which I give credence like I give kudos to myself like I'm very proud of myself and I acknowledge my strength but it doesn't make it doesn't take away for like two things to be true like it doesn't take away from the fact that I wish that I had some additional support or sometimes I look at other people's relationship with their parents or their mom and I'm like god like I wish I could have that or I'll probably never have that um and I used to think it was my fault that I didn't have that relation with my mom but I don't think it's my fault because I'm the kid you're the parent and it's not like I'm not trying you know I've done everything I can and I've tried to be a good daughter I've tried to focus on my education not be that much of a burden and it's not enough like and I think that's what I struggle with like I just always and I I remember telling my mom like I just don't feel like I'm enough and that's what I think and it's and maybe I was saying to her I just don't feel like I'm enough for you because it's never enough um because like for example I feel like had I signed this affidavit it'd be like and then what else will I have to give and then what else will I have to give until I have nothing else to give and then what you know so it was like this is the first time I really said no, which I'm really proud of myself, like super proud of myself. Like, y'all, I wouldn't like old me. If like, if I was living with her, like I was still back at home, I could not have fathom having said no. Um, so yeah, that has, that's where I've been at for the last, well, for the last month really, but like I hadn't been talking to my mom since January. So up until then that happened, I was like, Oh God, what a doozy. Um, but I will persevere because why the fuck wouldn't I? Um, so yeah, okay, let's get into the mess. Okay, I, I, so I have a YouTuber that I thoroughly admire and she talks about Real House of Atlanta, but I'm like, Kenya, don't nobody be watching that. But honestly, I don't care. You girls need to get, the girls need to get into how, like Real Housewives shows like or, or Vanderpump Rules. I think that it's not a gendered watch. It's pretty entertaining. And Real House of Atlanta, everyone thought it was gonna flop because Portia left, um... And it was just going to be Candy and Kenya and Nini's gone and Nini's suing the network, which two things can be true. Like, yes, Nini could have been, um, everybody knows who Nini Leaks is. Like, I'm actually not prefacing her with anything. Like, you should know who the fuck Lanithia Leaks is. Lanithia Nini Leaks is, you should know who she is. But 
um everyone thought like the show was gonna flop and she's suing them and even though like yes she didn't make money off because bravo has always been racist like don't get me wrong bravo's always been racist and she didn't make some money off that doesn't negate that now she wants to sue them because they were racist and give her a coin like you, you know you niggas is racist so whatever everyone thought the show was gonna flop and I have to say that it's so good. Like, and also they have me rooting for Juicedora. Now I'm going to re- refer to Juicedora's in the game. Only real bitches watch the game. It's on Netflix the first two seasons, which I canceled my Netflix. So Saya fucking Nara over it. No good content. I don't watch Stranger Things. I don't care to watch Stranger Things. And also sidebar, how are you bitches now just on Kate Bush? If you're really Kate Bush fan, you would know that Kate Bush did the original This Woman Works and it does rival in comparison to Maxwell's version. And on top of that, even though I hate Handmaid's Tale, I stopped watching it. There was this chilling scene where they played Kate Bush's This Woman's Works while the, the girls were about to get hung in fucking Gilead. And um, But they, they stopped. The Handmaid's about to get hung in Gilead, but they stopped it. And that song was playing. And when I say, like, it was so climactic, I was like, are they going to hang the girls? But yeah, fuck Margaret Atwood, fuck Handmaid's Tale. But anyways... I'm out of breath because I can't breathe in my nose because my allergies are acting the fuck up. But anyways, how do you bitches just now find out about Kate Bush? Like, taste. Get your taste level up. Get your taste level up. Anyways, um, <laughs> I don't watch anything, so I'm canceling. I cancel my Netflix. Fuck Netflix. They ain't got shit going on HBO Gang Till I Die and Hulu Premium Gang Till I Die. Um, <laughs> and also, Peacock is kind of sneaking up. Like, Peacock is kind of good because it has all, like, the Bravo stuff, the Real Housewife stuff, the Real Housewife stuff. So I love watching Peacock. And I don't have to have cable because I can just they'll upload the new episodes the day after. But anyways, Real House of Atlanta is good. Drew Sedora. Drew Sedora invited a four-time Olympian. Her name is Sonia. I don't know her last name. And her husband is fine. He has the nicest teeth I've seen on reality TV. And she, like, kind of started with Drew. And I'm team Drew. Like, and I don't think – I never thought I'd be team Drew, but I'm team Drew. And I, like – I think that the show is good. Kenya, I kind of like Kenya this season. And people were saying it's because Portia's gone. And I don't think so. Kenya's just doing the right things this season. And she's not being mean because she's typically an asshole. Like, each season, she's done something crazy. Like, for example, Marlo, um, she's one of the housewives now. She has a peach now, but she didn't. She was a friend of the show. She had a hair care event where she was selling some wigs. And Kenya Moore has a hair care line to help restore your edges. But I don't believe it, though. And she comes to Marlo's event with a whole band and they're singing Kenya more hair care Kenya more hair like a whole like band like um a drum line with the embellishments of like horns comes in and starts singing that at her event while she's like presenting her products and I'm like girl you're evil because I would have fought a bitch if some bitch did that to me like we're fighting so yeah I'm in love with Real Housewives right now um I think the girls need to get onto and the girls need to get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that's also kind of iconic um let's talk about Santana so um Santana he released a song called booty who else gotta ass like this who else throw it back like this something who else make you act like this who else make you act like this because because you know I got the booty okay anyways whatever it's a catchy it's catchy and everyone was like oh like it's a Beyonce feature like Beyonce gave him the the permission to like everyone's like oh yeah Beyonce like gave him the credit like the permission to like sample this da, 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 da. so somebody goes back into his tweets I think one of the uh the beehive which 
I'm in the beehive. I think Beyonce can do no wrong. And it, she just can't. Like, she can never do any wrong. She is iconic. In every era, she is iconic. Like, in every era, she's given us something. Like, she's given the girls something. So, I think it'd be, I, Beyonce can't do any wrong. Although, it's eat the rich at the end of the day. Like, th- that's, where I, that's where I kind of stay on that line. Like, at the end of the day, you're rich, girl. And when the time comes and we're at your house with the pickets, it's over for you too, you know what I mean? But, and so someone goes back into to Santana's tweets and they see like he was tweeting shit about Blue Ivy and like Blue Ivy's hair and comparing um, Blue Ivy to Northwest and like they're fucking kids. And I just think that that's like, there's so much like anti-blackness, even propagated, like propagated within our own community. And it just really bothered me because I was like, Santana, I'm rooting for, like, I was rooting for you, like, you're a gay femme rapper, I'm rooting for you, like, you are breaking barriers, and, but he wouldn't apologize, like, that's my thing, he wouldn't take accountability for what he said, all you had to do was say you were sorry, and people were like, okay, you could have just said, I made those tweets when I was young, I didn't know any better, and I was participating in widespread anti-blackness, and I, I can't believe I said those things, and I would never say anything like that again, he doubled down what he said, and he didn't take it back, and now you have bitches coming for you on the internet. And I think, I hate that celebrities are like, oh, you're just trying to cancel somebody or, no, bitches just want to call y'all out because you're rich. All you really have to do is delete your social media, don't do anything, and you can rake up your money and nobody would say anything. But no, you have to be fucking messy and do all these things. Like, you have money. Like, don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't tweet anything. But no, you have to be problematic and you want to be like the girls. No, the, the, being what one of the girls is for the, it's for the people who are not rich. It's not for you. Or like Zoe, uh, Zoe Kravitz, low key, all the biracials are getting flamed the fuck off the of internet. And it's because all you would have to do is say nothing, say nothing like fuck a twigs, fuck a FKA twigs. I just call her fuck a, but like same as her, like you would have to say nothing and people would just buy your music, but no, you have to do something really problematic. And now you're getting kicked off the fuck. Like people are mad at you. And this is why, like, it's a reaction to something you did. No one's trying to cancel you. People want you to take accountability and not think that you're above things. And because you have money that you don't have to live the way the rest of everybody else does. Like that's just some foo-foo shit. So yeah, I mean, Santana, I was rooting for you, but now I can't like, and also even though it may be funny, don't you think it's kind of fucked up that he wrote that song Walk about Rolling Rolling Ray and Rolling Ray is in a wheelchair? And he, he said, in the lyrics are, now let me see you walk, 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 walk. Now, hoes, yeah, I see you could talk, you talking all that shit, but let me see if you can walk. Now, like, isn't that kind of problematic? But th- this is... This is neither here nor there. I'm here to talk about his uh, colorist remarks towards Blue Ivy. And that was also like a widespread thing back then, like policing Blue Ivy and policing Beyonce's pregnancy, which is just really fucking weird. Because um, Blue Ivy's a kid and Beyonce didn't, like, she was just having a baby. You should be supporting her in her black motherhood. And also comparing them to Blue, like, uh, North because she's uh, biracial. Weird times we were living in. And still weird, weird times we're living in currently. So that was just a little weird. There was one more thing that I want to talk about. Low key, I've been meaning to do an episode on when it first happened of like the Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion stuff. But I think that any person who supports Tory Lanez is a fucking weirdo. And I've had multiple men in my life try to defend Tory Lanez to me. I'm like, you look real fucking stupid. You look dumb. That's like, just not a cute look. Like, don't be supporting that nigga. He's an awful person. And he did it. He shot Meg. I want. Do I want to talk about Jack Harlow? No, I don't want to talk about Jack Harlow. I, I think he's a fucking weirdo. Like, I think 
So much that they think Lil Nas X is an industry plant, but I think Jack Harlow is an industry plant. I think that he's so weird. And he had a chin implant. So he doesn't look like that. Why, why, like people are thirsting over him, both black and white. I think that's just weird. Um, no, I guess I really have nothing. Oh, this is the last thing I wanted to say. Okay, everyone's saying like this thing with the dress with Kim Kardashian doesn't matter that she, I think it kind of does matter. And, and someone made a good point that these are people's jobs to care about stuff like this um like people like fashion conservatives fashion historians and whatnot but also like it just goes to show that rich people don't really get like they can just the world's their playground like it's I always thought dystopia sorry to put my phone down I always thought that dystopia would be cooler like I used to love reading YA books and low-key they just seem lit like they have flying cars and at like spaceships people don't space like we were they were just far advanced or they were about something like I don't know and then you get to this what this dystopia is and it's ass like it's it's bad and the roads are bad like there's no infrastructure there's no nothing like it's total shambles we're living in total shambles and I can't believe this is what dystopia is but what it's giving is uh capital one and capital two like you just playing around in dead people's clothes that's fucking weird and you're paying 10 million dollars to do it like bitch don't do that and I just find it hard to believe like this is my little last Kim Kardashian side note that she wants to be a lawyer and that she believes in prison reform when she's over here like um getting behind Rick Caruso as mayor because like we're going back on this like tough on crime pendulum swing of like we need people who are tough on crime and not progressive when it comes to crime and I'm like but this is not just like okay there's homeless people and they're doing this or people who experience houselessness it's literally tied to we are at an all-time economic collapse bitch we're in late-stage capitalism shit is getting bleak like this is why like you're looking at the wrong people because you need to be pointing to the bags the bags of the rich and the bags of the government and that's that on fucking that like so it's it's over for us like it's the end of the world as we know it and on top of that there's been like so many natural disasters happening that shouldn't be happening and I'm like is it really true that it snowed in Mexico I'm gonna google that because if that's the case wow let's just pack it up right now snow in Mexico City yeah no this is real it was a hailstorm it's over for us like we did the best we could do but I I personally don't think that it, it it was it's above us now like it's literally the powers that be and we are not the powerful although the only hope that I do have is that we are unionizing pro unions love the unionizing effort love to see it I want to do a podcast on the history of unionizing and just talking about unionizing currently just because I think that sometimes people don't recognize like the the um, purpose of unions and so like I like really want to have a podcast to talk about because I'm like okay so when it comes your turn to unionize this is why you have to unionize like because you can't be that one person who didn't do it you're fucking over everybody else like that's the crazy part and I think like that's why capitalism flows so well it's because it's all about your individual fate and you don't worry about you worrying about your own stuff but you do have to think about the collective which is why and unions like literally gave way to so many of the workers rights that we have now so yeah pro-unionizing but other than that the climate is the climate is on a downturn and everything is so expensive and yeah that's all I have to say today. I mostly want to come and tell you why I'd been gone. And I want to give you the real story. Cause I like always try to speak in, um, 
like I try to like synthesize what I'm saying and I'm like no I just want to be frank this is where I'm at in life this is what I'm going through in my personal life my personal life is literally in shambles but at the end of the day we move and I will be okay but anyways thank you for coming back to the audacity it's so great to have you back here thank you if you listen I know I, I it's been a long time but I'm back I shouldn't have left you what song is that it's been a long time I shouldn't have left you left you <laughs> oh is it it's Aaliyah is that first you don't succeed dust yourself off and try I think so you should dust it off and try again try again mm. I think so but anyways thank you so much for listening it's great to be back I will story of my life I will try to be consistent I do think I will be consistent I miss podcasting I miss talking my shit because I had no shit to talk for the last three months but I do now and yeah I will see you in the next episode.